This is the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast on the WVSA Digital Network. From the Sport Pens International Studios in Charleston, West Virginia, here's your host, Marcus Cole. Welcome to the podcast. We have another great show for you today. Before we welcome our guests, I want to remind you to like, subscribe, and share our program. This helps us get the word out to others to let them know that we're providing valuable information designed for soccer players, coaches, referees, and parents right here on the WVSA Digital Network. On the phone with us today is Brandon Ponchak, Ohio Valley Premier League and owner of S1 Goalkeeping. Brandon, welcome back to the program. Uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it and hope everybody's staying safe and, and warm and in this little snowy February we just got, right? Yeah, no kidding. Now, today's show, we're talking everything adult soccer, and Brandon has been around the adult game for a number of years and figured he was the perfect person to talk to us about it and also to with the Ohio Valley Premier League and talk about some exciting announcements uh, in regards to the league. Um, Why don't we start with this first question for you, Brandon? We're starting, I don't know, maybe it's just me and me being as close to the game as I am, we're starting to see, at least in my opinion, a resurgence of adult soccer here in the United States. Why do you think that is? Uh, you know, I think a lot of it comes back to players just want to keep playing. And, you know, sometimes they miss out on, you know, potential college opportunities or they're getting out of college. And there's a, a huge number of adults that had grew up playing and they either aged out or they graduated from stuff and they may have stepped away for a little bit or maybe not, but those numbers were pretty high there in this adult demographics as the youth. So they probably want to figure out a way to continue playing. Um, I, I also think that uh, the social activity, a part of it is, is, is really popular. Um, so people have, have played with teams and they want to be teammates and they, they like the camaraderie. They like the community that's built around it. And I think that's just another aspect that they can be involved in a community and, and friendships and, and, uh, you know, kind of establish more established culture, uh, because it's something they've always done. I agree in regards to, I think we're getting a lot of people now that, like you said, grew up with the game and are now wanting to continue to play the game once they get older and once they age out or leave college or um, leave high school, whatever that that may be. Um, There's certainly many different levels of adult soccer out there. Can you kind of just talk to us about the different levels that you see out there for all different levels and experience of, of who wants to play? Yeah. So like, I mean, initially, you know, once you kind of enter the quote unquote adulthood, you know, obviously one of the big pushes in, in the U S is, is college soccer and college soccer. There's, I mean, well, there's 1400 men's programs and probably like 1600 women's programs out there. And you know, for some that it's, it's, it's a big thing, you know, like, because it, it's a, it's a college scholarship. It's a way to make college cheaper but it's it's really the first and only way that we've we've been able to continue playing uh, adult soccer for the last probably 30 years in many parts because there's that many places that offer it um, outside of the college realm. Then it, you you kind of have the elite amateur, the summer opportunities in USL two or PD or which was PDL at the time um, for the longest time actually. 
and then NPSL. Um, those are kind of two and a half month seasons or so. You know, you, you kind of have a 14 game season, and then you jump right back into your college program. Um, but then you also have local leagues. They could be small sided seven v seven leagues. They could be eleven v eleven. But most of the time, it's just local. You stay in your own community. You, you play against a lot of people that you might see around in your community, your town, your city, whatever. Um, and then there's this kind of new, you know, kind of trend, I guess, of, of some regional leagues. And that's where the Ohio Valley Premier League falls in, where it's a multi-state uh, kind of league that, that tries to pit communities against communities and uh, opens up the door for you know, kind of like the extended college opportunity where you're not just competing within your community. You're kind of branching out there playing against others, but it's not to the national level. Right. It's, it's built around easy travel, um, you know, kind of familiarity as well, because we always know about these rivalries within states or within from community to community from where we kind of experience through high school or college opportunities. One area that you mentioned that I'm really excited about the growth is the small-sided leagues that are now starting to pop up for the adults. Uh, we're starting to see a growth of that in West Virginia, especially on the women's side, uh, which is kind of neat to see. Um, you know, because I know that there's a lot of women out there that played high school or you know went to college, and I know my my daughter's playing uh, Division two college right now. And I know that she would be somebody that would be looking to continue to do that once she graduates from college and, uh, you know, to stay active. And it's a sport she's been playing since she's four years old. Yeah. And small side is a lot of fun. I play in, I play in a couple myself, even futsal, um, all adult level. And it, it's just fun because, I mean, one of the biggest perks of small sided is you don't have to commit to two hours for a game. Most of the time, the game's going to be 45 minutes to 50 minutes, maybe. And you're in and you're out. You might, you, you may have two games in a day. Uh, and it could be co-ed. It could be men's only, women's only. It doesn't matter. There's a, a large variety where players may be or, or, you know, kind of fall into place at. But it's quick. You know, you're, you're not really built on, you know, going across a, a huge field. It's a smaller field. Um, it, it, it's a lot of fun. Uh, it, it's not necessarily the, you know, built for competitors at times, but some of these leagues can be very competitive. And I think the great thing too is with the small sided is that you're not reliant on having 11 players to start the game um, like you would playing a full sided game so that if Bob or Susie can't make the game because little Johnny has a stomach virus and they can't be there, you're not reliant on you know having a roster of 12 13 14 players uh to play yeah you can have your eight buddies and you can get together and you have a team and the good thing about that is everybody gets to play you don't really have to worry about minutes played because there's eight players you got two subs or one sub or three subs whatever it might be and you know, everybody's going to get their fair share of time and you get a quick runaround and, you know, you also have more time on a ball. So that's the attractive part of small sided as well for adults is you're involved in the play more. Whereas on a big field, it's all spread out. You might not get to see the ball much. And really, how many of us want to really run a whole field 
you know. <laughs> exactly. Like it's like if I if I played on a on a team like that, I could I tell the coach I can give you a good two minutes, give you a good two minutes, make sure my sub is ready to go. Said so if I got to go down, I'll go down. Ah, my knee, my knee. <laughs> Why don't we start talking a little bit about uh, OVPL, the Ohio Valley Premier League? Talk to us about what the league is and what's going on. So initially, it started as a way just to, you know, kind of expand on younger generations, like the younger adults, staying in soccer and and playing if they graduate high school, if they age out of club, if they do or don't play in college, but even then like post-college, how can we impact those and how can we keep those players playing? So it started out as a U23 league and that's still what it's sanctioned as. Um, our, our membership actually voted to say, let's open it up a little bit more and, and say no age cap. Um, but everybody's in the same understanding that we want to keep young players playing. Um, and, and really the, the whole age cap is, if, if we can bring in a coach that's 25 or 26 years old that still wants to play, well, they can coach with us and they can still play with our team if we if we bring in a team to our youth club, as an example. So it, it was just an opportunity to really say, hey, how many players are we missing out on that should still be playing? I mean, I, I, I did some number crunching one time, and I think there's like 9,000 kids in Indiana, Kentucky, and Ohio, and uh, Indiana, Kentucky, and Ohio high schools that basically graduate every year from high school soccer. And there's not 9,000 kids that matriculate into college soccer. So there's 9,000 kids, 8,000 kids, whatever that number might be that don't play, that still probably have a, some desires to continue playing competitively, even if they don't go off to college, if they stay home, if they go to the workforce, they, we should still have those opportunities to play competitively and, and represent our communities. Talk to us about the communities that are currently represented within uh, Ohio Valley Premier League. So uh, unfortunately, 2020, we didn't really get to have our inaugural season like we wanted to. We had uh, 12 teams, I think, is what what we we settled on the men's side. We had five on the women's side. And now we're up to 21 men's teams, and I, I believe we're at nine or ten women's teams. Wow. Um, and we're spread from Evansville, Indiana, Lexington, Kentucky, Cincinnati, Ohio, Columbus, Ohio, Cleveland, Ohio, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Obviously, you're still recruiting for teams for the league. So if there's an adult uh, uh, team out there that might be interested in talking to you guys and finding out more about the league and, and what's going on, what should they do? They could visit us at OVPLsoccer.com or any social media outlet. We're at OVPLsoccer. Um, it, it's, it's an exciting time right now. We really have a lot of great clubs involved. Um, and, and that's really what it, it, this has been about it, getting great people involved, providing more opportunities for great people. And that's the players and the coaches and the communities. And we, we just want to let, you know, people know soccer shouldn't stop. You know, you, there's always a place to compete. There's always a place to stay active. Um, and we want to, we want to build that for the communities. Every community should have the opportunity to compete, um, not only at the local level, but at the regional level. And then at the national level, because our, our clubs are eligible for the U.S. Open Cup. So now the U.S. Open Cup could be in Wheeling, West Virginia. Wow. For the first time ever. 
That would be incredible. Um, you know, and you bring up such a great point, and I and I really want you to talk a little bit more about this. Is it seems like, especially at the adult level, and and with the OVPL, that it's sort of almost sort of a high school dynamic where it's community versus community. I mean, how important is that? Oh, I mean, I mean, everybody that's grown up in the United States knows how that high school you know mindset is when you're competing. Yeah, you know, like. It, you, you have your rivals and we talk about, you know, representing your community, being proud of where you're from or being proud of your, your, your culture, your community, whatever that community is defined as is, is, is something that we know and we, we grow up with. But unfortunately we only truly get to experience that for four years. And that's why we're in high school athletics. So why can't we extend that into post high school and say, Hey, I'm from, Pittsburgh. I've always grew up not liking Cleveland, you know, so why can't I compete against them? And, you know, sometimes you can, if you're semi fortunate to get a college scholarship or, or go to a college that, that allows for that. But these community clubs should always exist just like they do around the world. And, and, and representing the colors of your, of your community and the badge on your chest. And uh, I mean, and it, again, the community could be whatever you identify it as. It could be a people group. It could be a neighborhood. Um, we've we've been in communication with some refugee organizations about bringing them in so their refugee community has a place to play. And that's that that's the type of stuff for communities that it's built around. That's great. I, it's, it, I just think it's so important that we, we continue to grow this game and grow it to every nook and cranny possible because, and I'll be honest with you, I don't think any other sport out there can do it like soccer can. I, I agree, and, and, but at the same time, I think they have the possibility to if, if they chose to. Um, and, and really one of the, you know, going back to my first ever college coaching job is when I got into coaching full time, I was actually in South Dakota, uh, which is not known as a soccer Mecca whatsoever. But what I learned out there is amateur baseball was massive, right? And every community, if they wanted to, they put together an adult amateur baseball team and they had a state tournament for their adult amateurs and baseball. Wow. And you saw these guys who probably haven't played baseball, but this one, you know, this one time a year where they'd have this series of trying to get to this adult amateur baseball and they're representing their communities. And they actually had some rules built in that you could only play for your community team. And if your community didn't have a team, then you had to go to the next nearest one if you wanted to play. But that that community team could only accept so many outsiders. Right. Which, which was a really cool concept. And I was like, why can't this exist in soccer as well in South Dakota or, or wherever we're at? Because soccer shouldn't start stop. I mean, we have it in high school, so why can't we carry it over afterwards? And I think that's some of the growth we've seen is from some youth clubs are understanding that as well, that they can provide more. And it doesn't cost an arm and a leg to jump in and do it. And you still provide opportunities and you keep younger adults involved in your club. And even more, you now have 
something that the younger, younger players can aspire to. And that's a first team to say, I want to be Johnny and scoring all these goals in front of this crowd and being on, you know, being on social media because of this, this nice highlight save or this sweet assist or whatever it is that they get this recognition and, and everybody knows players love to see their names up in lights and that shouldn't, that shouldn't really have to stop either. Right. Do you think the adult game is the key to growing the game in the country? I think it's a, a, I think it's a major aspect that we, we should focus on. And one of the, one of the reasons behind that is, and, you know, kind of, you know, I see it in some of my friends or some of my colleagues or, or you know, some of the parents that I, that we, we run around with or our kids are involved in soccer with that they may have played five, 10 years ago, but they got out of the game and they may not get back into the game until their kids start playing. And I think that's, that's that's hurt. That's missing a lot of potential, not only of coaches or I mean, really, it's just good people still involved with the game. And to me, I think that's maybe part of the reason why soccer has lost, you know, maybe about 100,000 kids each year for the last five plus years is we don't have an opportunity for for older to be involved or maybe even some of those younger players. They don't see. Um, the potential to continue to be involved always, or they don't have something to look up to in their local community that inspires them to stay involved in the game. I think you bring up a really good point. Um, We're going to go ahead and wrap things up here, Brandon, but uh, if anybody is interested, once again, in knowing more about the Ohio Valley Premier League, if you know, maybe they have a team that they think they could put together and, and join the league and be a part of it. Uh, or, you know, in all honesty, they want to talk uh, adult soccer. You're certainly more than willing to tell them where they can find you guys. Yeah. So you can find us again, ovplsoccer.com uh, or social medias at OVPL soccer, or personally, you can reach out to me, Ponchak OVPL. Uh, that's P O N C H A K O V P L. Um, we, we love soccer. We just want everybody to continue playing and, and open up doors. You just never know where the game can take us. I agree. I would love to see more people, more people play the sport. Well, Brandon, we appreciate you taking time out of your schedule uh, to talk to us today about adult soccer. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Everybody stay safe. And thank you for listening to the podcast. We appreciate it. Remember, make sure you like, subscribe, and share our program right here on the WVSA Digital Network. Thank you for listening to the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast. You can catch a brand new episode every Thursday morning here on the WVSA Digital Network or find us on our social media platforms at WVSoccer. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved.